Eric. What's going on, man? Hi, Rai. How are you? Long time to talk. Yeah, it has been a while. How are, how are things going? Uh, well, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe let's give our uh, listeners a quick intro on, on what you've done. I mean, Eric Ridge is a pretty much a household name in Postgres. I mean, in case there's someone listening who doesn't know what you've been working on, you want to give us a quick background on your involvement in Postgres over the years? I think a household name is, is, is absolutely not true, first of all. Um, I'm Eric. I am the the reason that this product, this Postgres extension named ZomboDB exists. And over the years of developing that, something that, that's now called PGRX kind of fell out of all that work that lets us uh, develop extensions for Postgres using the, the Rust programming language. And that's, these things have, have been where, where my interest has been as it relates to Postgres, I guess, past seven, eight years now. I think ZomboDB has been out since 2015, so we're, we're right at eight years. Do you, do you know how many, is it, it's an uncountable number of uh, Rust extensions now, probably. You probably at one point knew how many there were, but now you've lost track. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. It, it's it's hard to know. There There's no, no real clearinghouse uh, around extensions. If only there was, that would be a great thing for someone to build. Yeah, it would. I yeah. wish somebody would get on that, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, there's there's some, some bigger names using PGRX, and the timescale is one, Supabase is one. We, we recently released uh, PL Rust, and that's found its way out on, on RDS. Um, so that's that's exciting for us. You know what what we see popping up are are, are small extensions that that are written in PGRX, and we see a lot of people writing. You know, I, I don't want to call them one-off extensions, but but one-off extensions that that are just like specific to their business use case and, and solve some you know interesting data domain problem that, that only they would have. Yeah. But now they have the ability to to build, build that business logic or data manipulation or, or, or what have you, um, into their databases and into the database itself. Without having to go find a C programmer that's, uh, willing to do such work. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that was one of the, one of the, the motivators for developing PGRX was I, I mean, I, I guess I had been working on Postgres extensions in, in some form or fashion since Postgres 8.0 and I think that was even before the the extension packaging and create extension command and all that came into existence. Um, not long before, but I think that that was before. And yeah, I mean, just over the years, I got tired of working in C. You know, when you're developing a Postgres extension in C, you're, you're not only putting on your C programmer hat, but you're trying to put on the hat of, of a Postgres hacker, right? Yeah. I mean, you need to understand Postgres sources just as much as you do, you know, the, the, the language itself. So Rust was, was becoming popular a handful of years, a number of years ago. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to try to do this. Well, it's, it's interesting. It's like how a lot of games, you know, if, if they have like mods, the, the, the language for the mods has to be easier than the language for the, the core game, right? So a game might be written in something like Unity, but then they could be like Lua as a tool or, or JavaScript or something simple to, to build. But in, in Postgres, that wasn't true. Now, is Rust as simple as Lua or JavaScript? Maybe not, but it's still like very beloved, you know, people who, who try to learn it. In my experience so far, it's a hundred percent. Like anyone who tries to learn Rust learns it and loves it. You know, I haven't found someone yet and it's, you know, I have a small sample size, but yeah, it seems like it's a pretty good hit rate in terms of, um, the perfect mix of control and speed with, with the ease of onboarding. If, if you're not a C programmer, 
then writing a Postgres extension in C is going to be difficult. If again, because C and and then also because you, you, you're really programming Postgres's version of C, um, with, which is great, but it's, it's, you know, it's not JavaScript. It's not Ruby. It's not Java. Yeah. If, if you're not a Rust programmer, you know, first you've got to learn Rust and, and Rust is, is different enough from, from all the other languages yeah. to, uh, you know, to, to, to make that a point. But what we're trying to do with PGRX, and you know, it's it's gonna it's it's gonna be a, you know multi-year effort to do this. It, it it may never get done. But we're we're trying to just make trying to present the the Postgres internals in the most idiomatic way possible uh, to Rust, right? So so that if if you are a Rust programmer or you 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 are beginning to learn Rust, it'll be pretty obvious what you need to do in order to to make your make your Postgres extension useful. So you said you were working on extensions as early as Postgres 8. Were you a Postgres user or a developer even earlier than that? Or was that sort of when you got involved? Yeah, Postgres user. I think we started using Postgres at, at work in, in the year 2000. And that might have been, I mean, is, is that 7172? It's quite a long time ago. And we've been using it every day since. And yeah, somewhere along the way, we needed to to do some work inside the database. So, you know, here we are today. <laughs> yeah. Like for me, when I think about when did I start using Postgres, it's like thinking about when did I first start using a laptop? You know, it's like, I don't remember exactly when, but definitely transitioned to having a laptop at some point. But yeah, it's like, it wasn't, it didn't seem monumental to start using Postgres back then, but obviously it's, it's um, come a long way and um, it's, it's a pretty exciting ecosystem right now. So yeah, what what are you thinking? Like, what's the what do you think the most powerful thing about extensions are? Do you have any any uh, thoughts on what are the most powerful things you can do with extensions? Um, out of curiosity, it's an interesting question. Like, what's what's the coolest part of like? I mean, what I guess what what API or may, maybe another good question on that is like, what hasn't been exposed yet that should be or needs to be in PGRX uh, that would be powerful? Yeah, I'll start there and then work backwards. There's a lot of there's a lot of internal APIs within Postgres, and one of the there's a number of interesting ones. There's the the index access method API, which is is really easy to implement. We we haven't added safe wrappers around that to PGRX, but it's it's really easy to implement. It's it's really just a handful of functions. There's the foreign data wrapper API, which Superbase released uh, a project that they call Wrappers that'll let you create foreign data wrappers using Rust, uh, you know, back, backed up by PGRX. So kind of the, the next big API around, around that, that, that genre of, of internals there would be uh, the, the table access method APIs. And we, we haven't exposed these at all yet. They're, they're actually difficult to get at even through our bindings, just because of the way they're, they're set up in, in the Postgres sources. So there's when, when we get around to doing that and, and I hope that we will, um, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be some, some development effort on, on our part to, to safely expose these, um, or safely expose the, the table access method APIs, but that's the API that would let you write your own, your own heap storage engine or system, you know, in Rust. Tell, tell me about, I mean, maybe probably not everybody under, knows what ZomboDB is, you know, maybe quickly describe what it does and, uh, what it doesn't do and what's, what's coming next with it. Yeah, it's the uh, the, the worst named software product. <laughs> yeah, first off, why'd you call it Zombo? Everyone wants to know. <laughs> I, I think, Rai, you're old enough to remember Zombo.com. 
if you don't remember it, then that just means you weren't, uh, <laughs> you weren't playing, you weren't playing on the internet. You're probably doing real work. Um, it, it still exists. So, you know, listeners can go and, and check it out, but it's <laughs> the, the name just, just came from that. So ZomboDB is, is a Postgres extension and it, it's been through numerous iterations over the past eight years, but it has always been Postgres extension that lets you create an index on a table. It's backed by Elasticsearch. And typically the, the usage pattern is you, you create the index, indexing all of the columns in the table, and you point it to an Elasticsearch endpoint um, over HTTP or HTTPS. And ZomboDB keeps keeps that index up to date. It keeps the, the index MVCC correct. Um, all of your search results are, you only see results that, are, that, that would otherwise be visible within the, the executing transaction has its own query language for, for doing full text queries. So users don't have to learn the Elasticsearch query DSL, which is, is pretty, it's pretty intense. Can you use the Elasticsearch DSL with it though? You can there, and there's a number of ways to do that. The query language itself allows you to just insert as part of, as part of an expression, you, you can insert a, a JSON block to, to represent a query DSL node. There's, there's a full set of SQL builder functions. So you can build query DSL through SQL statements. You can mix and match these things together. Um, it, it's, it's pretty sophisticated on that front. And it also exposes nearly all of Elasticsearch's aggregate endpoints to do, to enable you to do really interesting aggregations with, with your full text. And since all, all the fields of a table are, are also stored in the Elasticsearch index, you can do some really interesting things that involve full text queries and aggregating on, on various metadata fields and, and do all this, you know, with a large distributed Elasticsearch cluster behind the scenes and, and do it, you know, in near, near real time. Uh, it's really, it's really slick. You know, the, the downside to, to ZomboDB is that you, you now have an Elasticsearch cluster running alongside your Postgres. Yep cluster um, and, and ES is is a living breathing system it requires significant attention and you know maintenance and in, in, in production it, it gives you a lot of capabilities to scale out horizontally very easily but you know it, it is its own living breathing system there yeah yeah it'd be great if you can build a version of this without requiring elastic huh yeah I, I know a guy that's that's working on that I know a company that's working on that. yeah someday. Someday that'd be possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you had, you had asked where the, the name came from and, and I said all of that to say that, that the name came from once, <laughs> once we, we kind of got ZomboDB working, we were like, whoa, it, it's really amazing what, what you can do with this and, and how easy it is to use. And one of the mantras from <laughs> Zombo.com is, you know, the, the only limit is yourself and, and ZomboDB really kind of makes it feel that way because it, it makes querying your 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 data uh especially you know real dense text data just super simple and so you guys you use uh zombo pretty uh aggressively within tcdi which is where you work right yeah yeah tcdi is is my employer yeah we've we've had zombo in, in production since 2013 um and we didn't open source it until 2015. yeah we've got i mean i, I don't want to give away numbers but we have more ZomboDB installations than and Elasticsearch instances than we we probably want. Is it is it sort of a, a competitive advantage for the business? The power the power that I know you guys it's like legal documents. I, I might get it wrong, but like searching legal documents to some degree, right? Um, is it a competitive advantage for the business? The fact that Zombo's inside, would you say? 
Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, our, our, our industry is, is, uh, e-discovery litigation support and, uh, among many other t- areas w- within, within that domain. Yeah. Searching, searching large volumes of text is a, a key thing. And we're, we're the only player in, in our industry that has text search capabilities to the degree that, that, that we do. And I, I'm not going to go name or other competitors or anything, but their abilities to do, to do complicated text search, text search that, that involves, you know, fuzzy queries, plus regular expressions, plus Boolean expressions, plus long tail proximity queries, um, hit highlighting, you know, it's, it's our abilities to do that just for exceed our competitors, uh, because of ZomboDB. Because of Postgres and because of Elasticsearch. Do you use the extension in both like transactional use cases as well as analytical, or is it mostly just, you know, powering the search bar on the inside the, the product or, or is there some Defi found backend, I guess, you know, I call it like analytical or uh, type use cases for it as well. Yeah. So with, with Postgres, right, uh, everything is transactional. Yeah. <laughs> we, we expose search in, in a very, very complex manner, I guess, to our users. Users, it, it's, it's much more than just a search box. They can in search by particular fields and, and design proximity queries and they, they can do term lookups. They can create real-time dashboards and, and whatnot through our software that's all backed by, by ZomboDB. What one interesting use case is in in the world of in the world of litigation, the uh, the the plaintiffs will will provide the defendants with a list of of keywords that need to be searched in order to find documents that that are responsive to to particular uh, to, to to these topics. And these keywords are, are sometimes just literally a keyword, one word. Sometimes they're phrases. Sometimes they're wildcard wildcard terms, sometimes they're phrases with embedded wildcards, sometimes they're, they're patterns that need to be recognized. And so like an analytics side of, of what we use on BoDB for is taking these, these ginormous lists of things and kicking it off and getting back a list of the, the 6 million documents out of the 200 million that, that might match this set of, of, of keywords that the, the plaintiffs have, have requested production for. Yeah, that's 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 uh, intense. I could see see the power of that. What other what what are your other favorite extensions? Probably all the other ones you've made, but like, give me your top five Postgres extensions. Zombo's one. What are a couple of others that you like? I don't use PostGIS or PostGIS, but I am super impressed with with it. I think of it as kind of like the gold standard of of what a Postgres extension ought to look like. ZomboDB does integrate with it, but I, the, the world, the, the data world that I live in doesn't involve the need to do, you know, geographical type queries, but I've always been really impressed with it. I think the, the, the Postgres foreign data wrapper as an extension is, is really great. And that comes, you know, from the, the core community, but, uh, pretty impressed with that. Citus has always been, been interesting to me. I guess they've been long since been bought out by Microsoft and are still going strong. Um, I think that Citus really shows off the power of what, what a Postgres extension can do. And it also, you know, shows off the, the power of, of, of having committers on, on the, on the hackers and hackers to, to be able to help, help move, you know, the extension system in Postgres forward so that you can then implement something like Citus on top of it. When they were built, when they were building that, did they have to, was there, did they have to add things to extensions in order to build the, I don't know the whole history of Citus, but was that kind of like, yeah, I, they, they've had a number of changes I, in Postgres. I, I think, especially in the, the planner and executor to be able to support, you know, the ability to extend it better. And, and I think some of that came from the original Citus company people. Yeah. You know, and you know, that's great. Right. So, yeah, that's awesome. What, what I like to see are people using 
PGRX to to just solve a problem that they have with with their application. You know, I see things like you know so somebody just needed to talk to talk to an S3 bucket, and so they put together a little uh, PGRX extension to do that. Little little things like that are, are what get me excited about Postgres extensions. Yeah, it's pretty timely. Like we're, uh, I, I have a co-op that started literally today. Shout out to Jay. And uh, he is, uh, I, I told him to build a clerk FDW using the Superbase wrappers, you know, SDK. And um, he's like, what the hell do you say to me? Like, <laughs> Just try, read, read the docs. We'll see where it goes, but I'll report back how that goes. But yeah, he, you know, clerk we're using clerk for auth uh, for our company and i just need a simple read access to three collections so i figure he should be able to get it done by the end of the day but i might be pushing too hard well it's possible and but that that's a great example of of where we're having a, a simple framework for making an extension is is really powerful right i mean what what's you figure out the the documentation and and you know how, how to tie the things the, the two things together. It probably is just an afternoon's worth of work, and now you've got something that that solves a problem, and you can move on. Yeah, well, I figure his second one maybe will take an afternoon. First one might take a few days, but we'll see. Well, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. I mean, well, we're we're super excited, obviously, by uh, all, all the the possibilities that PGRX brings to Postgres, and um, you know, like the great work you guys have done historically to get us to this point is is much appreciated. Well, thanks. That's one of the reasons why we TCDI donated PGRX to the PG Central Foundation is is to provide it a long term home for the Postgres community. I, TCDI is is a litigation support company. We're we're not you know a, a database company, so to speak. So we we wanted to to get this stuff in the hands of a foundation that that, that can can help shepherd it forward and, and make sure that it it can can survive. Do you guys have a, I imagine you have some open issues there that can, you, you could use help with. They're probably pretty hard to do, right? Like building a framework is a lot harder to building a, a thing with the framework. But are you uh, looking for additional help from uh, from people to build out PGRX? Yeah, for sure. We, we've had, I don't even, I can't, I can't even tell you off the top of my head how many um, contributions we've had over the past four years that PGRX has been alive. And, and it, it seems like every couple of weeks, somebody new comes by with with a new contribution but yeah one of the things that, that we're focused on right now or is uh I, I guess it's two things kind of concurrently one is we're improving our our, our testing pgrx's testing fundamentals and it, it's both tying in more interesting things in ci like valgrind um to different approaches to unit testing which includes uh, there's a we're, we're doing a big push on property testing right now um within pgrx I think there's going to be some pull request landing in the next next week or so with that. Um, we're and we're also focused on improving some of the some of the memory safety and soundness impedance mis mismatches between Postgres internals and Rust's compiler. Um, so we're, we we it's a, a big concerted effort to to take a look at these issues. Well, it seems like contributing to PGRX could be like a gateway drug towards getting closer to helping with Postgres itself, right? Because you need to understand the internals to do anything in PGRX, you know, at least if, unless you're working on tests or whatever, but yeah, I mean, in the, in general, adding new features to PGRX means understanding Postgres well enough to, to create that interface, uh, which is a big challenge. It does. And we, my, myself and the others that on the, the core development team there, we, we spend probably as much time in the Postgres sources, you know, as, as we do actually writing code for it in, in PGRX, right? Yeah. 
with you when you guys, uh, if you come up with a big new release of PGRX or, or any other, you know, extensions that you can think of, uh, I'd love to have you back, Eric. It was great catching up with you. Yeah, sure. Likewise. Thank you so much for, for having me. Yeah.